You are listening to Beyond the Dress Size podcast with Dr. Ezine Meribe. On today's episode, I have Tolu Lokbe Adjose, and we're still continuing the recovery through nutrition series. So in this series, our focus is in bringing individuals who have fought for their life, recovered their health, and transformed their entire life through nutrition. Now, the goal is not to say, oh, don't lose weight. Losing weight is not good. No. I want you to realize that there's something beyond weight loss. A lot of people could lose weight for probably health reasons or decide that, oh, I don't like the way I look at this point. I need to do better for myself. I need to take charge of what I'm eating, so I need to lose weight. Yeah, that's good. But if you're going to lose weight because you want to fit into a dress or because you want to go to the beach or because you want to, you know, fit into a particular swimsuit, at some point, aesthetics will not be enough motivation to maintain health and that weight loss. So I want you to pay rapt attention to today's story and see how you can use it to empower your life and change your own life each and every one of us has something that we need to work on in aspect of nutrition and by just changing one or two things that you are eating or not eating you could take back your life so for me today's story was really really interesting you know tolu shared with us her story her journey and i'm not going to come and dilute it but there's something i want you to do for me when you're done listening to this podcast i want you to share this podcast with your I know, I know, I know, I know. I've been getting a lot of feedback. I've been getting a lot of awesome reviews. And I think in the next episode, I'm going to read some of the beautiful reviews that we've gotten. But I want you to share this podcast with somebody because the goal is to help more women live life beyond the dress size. Let's not focus on the outward appearance. There's something, there's something about fulfilling your divine purpose on earth when you can start looking at your life beyond just the dress size, beyond the outward appearance and beyond the pancake. Now let's get into the episode. I love you. Tolu Lakme Adjose is a dynamic, passionate, and practical entrepreneur. She's an industrial chemist with special interest in natural food and personal care products. Having gotten her life back from midlife crisis through nutrition at a point, she's a realistic believer in healthy living. Tolu believes in demystifying complex health issues through natural solutions that surround us. Her passion for natural living drives her to work with urban-based people, achieving great results by getting them more attuned with natural alternatives to processed food. She's a Goldman Sachs scholar and an alumni of the Entrepreneurship Development Center Pan-Atlantic University. Tolu Lokme believes that business is all about adding value to life. She currently runs Natural and Sazi, a company that specializes in the manufacture of natural products with her team. Hi, Tolu. Welcome to the podcast. I'm excited to have you. Thank you so much. Excited to be here as well. Oh, so there's so much in your bio that it can serve as a podcast for a different day. But I'm really like, oh my God, oh my God, she has so much to do. So let's talk about midlife crisis. Why did you call it midlife crisis? Oh, well, because I was, um, I had just turned 30. Okay. That was when I was diagnosed. It was strange. You know, I was just getting into my life practically. I had just gotten married like um, two years before, just had a child. Okay. So that's why I called it midlife crisis. <laughs> <laughs> because I was right in the middle of my life. Okay. So tell us what happened before diagnosis, when you were diagnosed. How did this thing come about? Okay. I had a very strenuous work schedule. Okay. Where I was working, I was teaching and you have to resume a month after delivery. So it was like I had a lot of stressors. I had a lot of stressors that I wasn't taking note of because I've always been energetic. Yeah. So I went back to work 
and uh, I kept my baby with my mom and all that. But um, at a point, I was I was always feeling tired. So my baby had a cold one day and I had to take him to the hospital. So I just decided to do my vital signs. And that was how, you know, was discovered that my blood pressure was high. So I had to see the doctor and he placed me, you know, you know, he just told me to rest and all that and come back. You know, I kept going back and the readings were still going higher. So it became something that, um, you know, I had to be placed on drugs for. And then the doctor told me that I would just take the drugs for a week and rest. Okay. I didn't know it was something that was more than that. So it went, the whole, the whole situation subsided and I went back to my life until two years after. Let me interrupt you at this time. Now, why did you check your vital signs? Because more and more we're seeing that Nigerians are not health conscious. So normally people would just rush in and out of the hospital. Why did you check your vital signs? I don't know. It was just an inner nudging. Sincerely, I don't know. Okay. That's the truth. That's why sometimes, you know, you just like some other people would have passed on without knowing. Yes. It was just an inner nudging. There was nothing that, that there was no reason that day. Okay. After maybe how long did you take those drugs and then the... Did the blood pressure actually subside or did you think it has subsided? Yeah, I actually went back to the hospital and it, it subsided. Okay. And um, I was told to go off the drugs and um, just make sure that I don't stress myself any longer. But, you know, it was, I, I went back to work and went back to my life. I didn't, I didn't obey any of those instructions in any way. So what was your blood pressure at that time? At that time, I think it was it was just one one forty hundred. Okay. The doctor was particularly worried about the diastolic pressure. That's that's okay. So diastolic is the one that is the hundred. Yes. The systolic is the one that is the one forty. So usually when we talk about blood pressure, for the benefit of those listening, we usually say things like one twenty eighty, one thirty ninety. The figure above is the systolic. The one below is the diastolic. Go ahead, darling. Okay, so he was particularly worried. So by the time I had taken the drugs, I went back to 90, and um, he just said, it was a private hospital. He said, okay, there's no cause for alarm again, mm. and that was it. I never went back to check anything. I think I, I never really had any cause to go to the hospital again until I had the next child. And so just because of that, it never occurred to you to monitor your blood pressure. And nobody even gave you that advice to monitor your blood pressure. At all. Nobody did. That's interesting. Now, my next question for you is, at that time, did you have any like self-care practices, how you took care of yourself and all that? I did nothing. I went back to more stress at work before the, the situation presented itself after I had another child. That was when I now decided to start, you know, taking a second look, even beyond the doctor's um, recommendations. Okay, so tell us about this second event, this, this second episode. Okay, the second event, two years after I had another child, throughout pregnancy, I was okay, I was fine. So we went back for six weeks, um, the six weeks um, postnatal checkup, and the blood pressure was a bit high. Remember, I had gone back to work. So the doctor just told me, okay, don't stress yourself, but I'm going to place you on drugs. He just said he was going to place me on drugs, and he did that. 
And um, I didn't know that um, the drug he gave me had um, a sulfonamide content. So I took the drug and I went to work that particular day. I got to work and um, after a while, my head started pounding as if it was just, you know, figuratively speaking, as if a mortar and a pestle was put in the middle of my head and somebody was pounding continuously. So I had to be rushed to the hospital from work. I think the drug I took was um, nifedipine, yes. And um, the doctor, on getting there, you know, the, by the time I got to the hospital, the, the blood pressure had gotten to like 160, 120. So I, the doctor didn't really know what to do. They had to admit me. And um, they started battling to bring down the blood pressure with the same drug. After a while, I almost passed on. Wow. And then they now decided to change the drug. But as at that time, nobody still knew that it was the drug that caused that reaction. I went back home. I was put on um, another drug, moderatic and um, aldomet. So your reaction, you, you react to sulfur-based drugs? Yes, I do. I do. Okay. I had known that, but I didn't know that nifedipine had that Okay, so when your doctor was about to prescribe that drug, did they ask you if you have any drug reactions? They didn't. Even when I was on admission, they didn't. Nobody knew that. It was later that I decided to do research myself. So now this is for the person listening. Whenever you're going to be giving a drug, it's important to ask your doctor what the drug is. I know that sometimes maybe asking your doctor and your doctor feels like you're um, questioning his knowledge or his authority, you know. But it's important to protect yourself as well as the doctor. Because in well-developed climes, if something happens to you, the doctor becomes responsible. Doctor may lose his license. And by, if by then you're gone, no matter the fight that they're fighting the doctor, you're gone is that you're gone. I've gone to the hospital once and I presented, you know, and hmm. I didn't have a fever, nothing. And the guy was like, we're going to give you antibiotic stats here in Japan. And I told him, no, let's do the blood test. When the test is out, you cannot start pumping my body with antibiotics. Don't be giving me antibiotics when there's nothing wrong with me. And then they gave me the second drug. And after a while, I had blood vision. I just started pressing the bell. You know, thankfully, I went with a book that day and I tried to read while I was, because it was just like coming for one hour and we'll treat you and then you can't go. So luckily I had a book, but it was a transient situation, actually. But at that time, all I could think of was, I am alone here, no chances. You people should take off this drug. I don't want the IV anymore. And why I'm sharing this is because after that, my husband now said, okay, go on. Because they asked me before they gave me the drug, do you have glaucoma or any history of glaucoma? I said, no. So my husband now said, okay, go and do a glaucoma screening immediately. I, I annoyedly or angrily went to do the screening and I found that I don't have glaucoma. My eyes are perfect. But the thing is, there are many things we are not paying attention to as patients in Nigeria or maybe all over the world. So it's not just about what the doctor is asking you now. It's about you, what you're asking. So it's so important if you know, already know that you have drug reactions. Drug reactions can be fatal in some people. Yes. So if you already know that you have drug reactions, please ask. So Tolu? I just wanted to chip that in for the benefit of people listening. So you said that even while you were on admission, they were still giving you the same sulfur-based drug. Yes. And were you reacting to it? I was I was having headache, but it wasn't pounding like wow. when I was out of the hospital. Like before. So yeah. it was when they saw that the readings were not going down. They now said, okay, let's try another drug. And um, <laughs> that was it. That was it back then. Yeah. 
So how did you find out that it was the drug that was causing the whole situation? Okay, funny enough, I got better and um, I, I kept on with the moderatic and um, aldomet, but I was losing a lot of weight, a lot of water. Okay. So I kept complaining. I was, I was referred to the general hospital. I went there. It was still the same thing. Nobody was ready to listen to me that this drug is killing me. I'm losing all the water in my body and all that. But the general hospital, they were not even ready to listen. After doing all the tests, they just said, continue using the drugs. So at that point, I had to start looking at myself. And uh, if I didn't want to die, I I needed to find out what to do. So I started reading up. At at a point, my husband started asking questions everywhere. And I decided to do my research. And uh, I came across um, some other people that were already talking about natural food and all that. Especially there's one man, he has a church. But I think he has also suffered from some diseases and he's basically talking about, in his church, his message is just about healthy living, raising healthy and whole people, and he's on TV. So I had to go meet him. I went to his office, consulted with him, and he told me some things about food. That was the first time I was hearing about diet. So I decided to go off some food. You know, of course, it was very difficult. (laughs) He told me to go off MSG totally and all that. How on earth will I cook without, uh, yeah, you know, without putting MSG? I mean, seasoning in my food. He told me he actually told me the market to go in the morning if I want to get some kind of vegetables and all that. And um, well, I kept at it, and my my health stabilized a bit. I couldn't really keep up with with the lifestyle because I was working, but. I, I was just trying to manage it until I had, I, I took him for another baby. And when I took him for another baby, I was fine until I had the baby. And um, another drug was given to me when I was leaving the hospital. My blood pressure was okay, but the doctor was just like, oh, because of your history, that same hospital, he just gave me something. I can't remember. He, there was a drug to amlodipine. I think I'm Lodipin or something. Yeah, you're right. So I got home. We did the naming. We did the naming ceremony, and um, after I started having this headache, and my part of my neck was stiff. So we had to go back to the hospital. Remember, I had been taking the drug religiously, and when we got to the hospital, the blood pressure was maybe 150, 110. So I was admitted. It was at that point my husband started researching about the drug. That was when we now remember that oh. Um, this is amlodipine. We also had nifedipine the other time. Which is also like amlodipine. Yes, severe reaction. But this time, before my husband discovered, because he's a microbiologist, I really suffered in that hospital. I was there for two weeks with my baby. And um, they kept trying different things, different things. Some people would come in and pray for me. Some people would tell me I should go to Mountain of Fire for deliverance. Some people would say, I, I, I want to trouble my husband. How can you, after having a baby, you are now back here? You know, I don't you want to stay alive and take care of this baby. My two older children were somewhere. You know, they were just, <laughs> they couldn't go to school. And for two weeks, they kept experimenting with me. And then one day my husband just came and said, well, sir, you have to take her off this drug and find something else or else I'll take her away from here. And it was at that point that um, I was given something else. And um, eventually we got ourselves discharged from the hospital. I came home. 
and went back to my natural living full force. This time around, nobody needed to preach to me. I, I, I just had to, I had to leave. So that was, it was at that point that the whole, you know, um, narrative changed. I took charge of finding out who I am, what my body is all about. Why am I having crisis? What are the triggers I have? No doctor could do it for me because, uh, and since then, I think I've been back in the hospital once when I went off, totally off my drugs. I think I just did it to be extreme, you know, because I was already living healthy. But after that, I've not had any crisis. This is about eight years now. I've been fine. Interesting. Now, I like the fact that you said I needed to find out what my body wants and what my triggers were. Because the thing about natural medicine or alternative medicine is that a lot of times it's not a one size fits all. So I was thinking about, you know, the way we handle nutrition. People think, oh, I need someone to hand me a blueprint, especially because right now people just wake up and say, oh, um, this is the this is what I'll be doing. I'll be drinking tea for two days, then I'll eat on the third day. People have different, different things and it makes them feel energetic. They feel alive when they do it. I don't think that everything is for everybody. No. So I really appreciate that you said I needed to find out what my stressors were because someone like me, I know the foods that I eat and I get really weak. I know the foods that I eat and I have a lot of energy, but there are people who eat everything and they don't see any change in their maybe mental health or emotional health or their physical health. What, what are the changes you had to make to your nutrition? The first thing I discovered was that I was really dehydrated. Okay. I'm on the small side, though. I know that anytime I'm pregnant, I am always fine. I'm always 100% fit. In fact, and my body changes, you know, I look fuller. Of course, that comes with the hormones. Yeah. Even after delivery. So I asked myself, okay, what am I doing right during pregnancy? And um, when I'm uh, postpartum, when I'm taking care of the child, I discovered that I eat, I eat well. But for this third child, I went off work. I didn't go back to resuming after six weeks. So my body, I discovered that I needed a lot of water. Yeah. I needed to eat more fruits, things that have that could hydrate me. You know, I discovered that mm. and I use it to my advantage every time. I take lots of water, I take lots of fruits. I went back on to the to a particular diet that was handed down to me. You know, it's just to make sure that I take fruits in the morning or fruit juice before food. So I've kept strictly to that. Yeah, and this fruit juice is the one you made yourself. I, I just want to put that in. Yes, extracted, naturally extracted fruit juice with my own juicer, yeah. fresh like that. If I don't, if I'm not able to do that, then I'll take bananas. That works for me. Okay. That works for me. Okay. Because I also discovered that my potassium level was quite low compared to my sodium you know, level. There was a lot of imbalance in my electrolytes. Yeah. And even the hospital test showed that too. So I, I decided to take charge of hydrating my body. I mean, a lot of water goes into my system. I try to make sure I do that. I take fruits a lot. I take vegetables. Then, of course, I don't eat late. Also, there's still something I'm battling with too. I don't eat my lunch on time at times, and that is a trigger. If I don't take my lunch on time, it could trigger. If I have any ulcer, I mean, any trigger, as in maybe I don't eat on time or something, it could trigger my blood pressure. I know that very well. So the slightest indication of stress in any form? In any form. 
But you know, this is Nigeria. You just have to hustle. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I do it with caution. When I see that I'm really stressed, I, I decide to rest. Okay. So my next question now is, so when you, because I'm just wondering, aside the nutrition, what else do you do to take care of yourself aside food? Well, at a point I used to do skip a lot, but I discovered that didn't work perfectly for me. It, it took a lot of energy from me. So I walk, I walk a lot. Okay. Yes. I don't joke with walking and I don't walk in the hot sun. I no. do it in the morning. Yes. So yeah, pepper I, less. So. <laughs> I walk a lot. Honestly, I'm supposed to be in one place where they'll just be giving me food and everything <laughs> out of the hot yeah. sun. But, you know, I, I do that and I engage my mind a lot too. I do a lot of reading. I do. I, I also discovered that when I decided to start fueling my passion, I became healthier. You know, before I said I was teaching. Yeah. I love teaching, but I was teaching under strictly controlled conditions. Yes. So when I took myself off that condition and decided to work for myself, I discovered that um, I could fuel my passion. I'm a bit um, multifaceted too. So when I do things that I enjoy, I because I'm healthier. That's just the truth. Yeah. How did this recovery impact people around you? My siblings were quite worried when all this was happening. And incidentally, one of my sisters too had the same issue when she was having her children. So I've done my, you know, I've come to a point where I've become like a go-to person in my family. Of course, when I was going off all those foods, they were laughing at me. How can you go off cook? You, how can you go off, um, <laughs> how can you go off frizzy drinks and sweet things and all that? But they saw me do it. And uh, they saw me do it and succeed in it and remain, you know, I've never gone back. So when they have issues, of course, they know <laughs> how to ask me. I've also seen that I've made a lot of impacts in my family because they've also tried, you know, in their own little way to maintain the healthy lifestyle. Yeah. So for you now, nutrition is a fight for your life, like to maintain your sanity. Number one, maintain your sanity, maintain peace in your home. Be there for your children, you know, keep that love, love oil rolling because nothing, nothing tears the home apart, like having to care for someone that is ill and not even knowing whether the person is going to get better. Yes. So a lot of people see nutrition from the point of, oh, um, just let me lose weight and all that. But I try, that's why I'm bringing out this story to show more people that it's not just about weight loss. No, it's not. There are more benefits. There are way more benefits, you know, to paying attention to your nutrition than that's the least and then how long did it take you to do your own research and find out what your body really wants? How long did it take you to find the balance? Well, for like two years, I was doing this. I was, I kept reading, discovering, trying, eliminating things and seeing the effect and all that. But I'll say it's a lifelong thing because okay. as it is, every day I still go on Google to find out things. I have books on nutrition. I have loads of books. Anytime my husband sees anything, he buys it. I read and all that. So, and you know, of course, I am now 44. That was 14 years ago. So the body is also changing. There are still a lot of new things to also discover. Hormones are changing. Exactly. And all that too. It's a lifelong thing. You just have to, it's like falling in love with yourself. 
And when you are in love with someone, you do everything to protect the person. Yeah. And that's what I do. I don't want any, if I discover any stressor or anything I need to eliminate from my diet, I'm quick to do it. Because, like, let me give you an example. There was a time we were using water guard in my home. We moved to a new place and then we were using water guard to treat our water. And I discovered that my children were getting ill regularly and all that. I was also getting ill because at this point, my immunity is very high. So we had to, you know, that was a discovery. And when we even did the research, we discovered that it's more than just falling sick. It could be carcinogenic, the chlorine too. (laughs) So, you know, there's a lot to discover. Some things you do innocently, you don't even know. Yeah. And you've been doing them for years. When you discover, you just have to, you know, through research, you just have to go off and then let other people know too. Of course, some people might not believe you, but you just have to do it to tell them. I became an advocate to like two years ago because I just looked at it. A lot of my friends were now just getting to that point where they will now discover, oh, my blood pressure is rising, my sugar level is rising and all that. To look, what do I do? <laughs> because they knew when I was fighting my battles. Yeah, so at the end of the day, you're let's say battle scars, your spoils of war have become your testimony and it's become what Todu is now known for, you know. And I like that you said that our bodies are constantly changing. You know, what your body, just because your body is tolerating it right now does not mean it may tolerate it tomorrow. Yes. So I like to liken it to being a Christian. That's why the Bible says renew your mind every day. So it's the same thing with our body. Our bodies are always changing. So be willing to pay attention to how your body is feeling, how you're feeling. Like you are the most important component of your body. You can't separate yourself from your body. So your body cannot be feeling off and you still want to keep dragging it and pushing it. Like your body is not your slave. You're supposed to care for your body. Put it on like, you know, when we go for weddings, they call those that will sit on the high table. Your body should be on the high table every single day of your life. Yes. So thank you so much, Tolu. So basically, Tolu is saying that she is all natural now. Like don't even bring your junk food near to lose. She's not going to bat an eyelid. <laughs> even my hair. <laughs> even my hair. Oh, even your hair. And her skin, I guess. Oh, yes. I've been on skincare wow. for a long time before I decided to, re- to really settle with food. Okay. You know, because you are what you eat. Your skin, you know. And your skin is like the largest organ on your body. Yes. So if we are what you eat then and you're putting something else on your skin, girl, you're wasting your time. If you like, put all the chemicals and do everything outside. It comes from within. Yeah. Thank you so much, Tolu. So what does life beyond the dress size mean to you? Well, like I said earlier, I fall in love with myself every day, trying to discover, you know, what works and what does not work, what the body wants and what the body does not want. It goes beyond what's happening on the outside. I could decide to make up my face and look good, you know. I could look good on the outside. Mm-hmm. But, you, you know, if what is going on on the inside is not right, it's only a matter of time. And the makeup will crack. Yes. <laughs> so it's beyond <laughs> it's beyond the outward care. For me, life beyond the dress size is beyond the outward care. You have to care for your body from inside, from within. Thank you. Thank you so, so much. I'm glad we could do this. Thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you. I'm also glad to have been able to speak (laughs) here. 
I hope that um, I've been able to touch some areas where, that people are struggling with. Yeah, and I think we should also add that some people may think about your story and go like, eh, this must be a lot of work trying to, you know, discover all this on my own. But he, these are two schools of thought I'm going to share. One, whenever we want to get something that is important to us, for for example, buy a house, buy a car, buy a bag, buy the latest we've owned, Yes. We invest time and money in it, right? There are people who invest so much time on premiership games for those who are for guys. I, I don't know what else to liken it to. But there are people who know so much about footballers that if you wake them up in the middle of the night at 3 a.m. in a desert, they will give you the load down. So if it's important to you, you will pay attention to it. Now, the other school of thought is you don't have to do this on your own. There are people that you could reach out to. You could decide to work with a coach. You could decide to hire a coach to guide you, to help you. But at the end of the day, like Tolu said, you cannot put all the pancake and all the powder on the outside when you know that daily as you leave, everything inside is breaking apart. That's not life. Our goal here is to make sure that you are thriving physically, mentally, spiritually, and all these things have a role to play on how much you can impact your world or whether you will just, you know, come, leave, and they say she came and she passed on. And another thing is, you know, a lot of young people pass on and we say, oh my God, oh my God, the devil, you know, the devil did this, the devil did that. No. When we have a responsibility to take charge, like Solu said, take charge of our health, take charge of our life. Don't get carried away with, you know, taking care of the outward when the inside is not functioning properly. You are, like I say, you are the sole proprietor of your life. Like you are the one who would answer the most for everything that you're doing to this body that God has given you. And this vessel, if I start talking about this our vessel, I'm not going to go today. But I hope that with this few points of ours, we'll be able to convince you that girl, take care of that body. You only have one. Yes. Hey, so what was your biggest takeaway? For me, my biggest takeaway was when Tolu said, it's like falling in love with yourself. And when you're in love with someone, you do anything to protect them. How awesome is that? I want you to realize that our bodies are always telling us something. Our bodies are always sending us a message. It could be telling you, hey, it's time to slow down. Hey, it's time to feed me better food. And you know the thing about the way we feed our bodies? If I keep feeding my body junk, I'm sending a message to my body that says, I do not have respect for you. I do not regard you. I do not really care about you. And it plays out in the way our bodies react, respond, and in the way we behave in other areas of our life. So you see people who feed their body right, like they are very particular about the kind of nutrition they pour into their body. One of the things you notice is they have a high level of self-respect, a heightened sense of self, which translates in every other thing they do. So they are particular about their exercise routines, they are particular about when they wake up, who they give their time to, how they spend their time. Food is like a common denominator. It tells a lot about how a person respects themselves and respects other people as well. So I want you to go back and think about how to you know, build a relationship with yourself, build a relationship with your body and learn to listen to your body. And of course, if you need help figuring out how do I have a relationship with my body for God's sake, just send me a message. Remember the email is admin at beyondadresssize.com or you can still send us a message at info at inislifestyle.com. I'd love to read from you. I'd love to hear your questions. I'd love to read your reviews and I can't wait to bring you the next episode.
do take care don't forget to share this with your friends subscribe rate and leave a review bye